How's everybody doing today? Hopefully you had a good Thanksgiving time and uh, uh, probably ate too much. <clears throat> I think that is what uh, what we're so inclined to do at Thanksgiving time, is it not, to end up eating way, way, way too much. And we, we just don't need it all, but we enjoy it all. You know, things like uh, stuffing, gravy, turkey. Potatoes. Uh, we had a carrot souffle. We had a baked, not a baked bean, a green bean casserole. Uh, we had pumpkin roll. We had apple pie. We had red lobster biscuits. How about you? Hopefully, it was a you had a really, really, really enjoyable uh, Thanksgiving time, and uh, we had family together uh, later in the day. We got to uh, spend 
much of the day on Thanksgiving Day, working on other projects. These last several days have been good days of us catching up on things. We still have not been uh, quite fully uh, moved into our house yet, although finally we are completely moved out of uh, the moral location, and now here we are uh, in Belmont and getting organized. It feels better, does it not, when we, when we kind of get our house. You talk about getting your house in order, and we're talking literally getting the house in order and um, set so we feel like we can function. I spent this morning doing study for our Thursday night uh discipleship group that we have and where we're learning about making disciples and really felt convicted this this format friends i want you to know is for me probably uh but it misses some elements but it is the best format it's a consistent our, our consistent diet i mean if we were if we all lived in belmont we could get together in the home and have breakfast have oatmeal together and uh um uh, coffee and study the scriptures together and pray together you could do that every day but this this is the next best thing to to being able to be physically together well as you saw the the title that i've given this few days maybe even this entire week spiritual gifts many gifts one spirit uh and just thinking about the passage of scripture that we're in, 1 Corinthians 12, 13, 14. They're really a package of chapters that come together. Uh, it would be a disservice to separate them out uh, without first giving an overview of how the three chapters are packaged together. And uh, so that's what we're going to be getting into here in just a moment. Hopefully you're doing well. Uh, you can hear I've got a little bit of a head cold or some type of a cold going on. It, it really hit, uh, oh, probably Thursday was, was the worst on Thanksgiving Day, and, and uh, uh, it's just kind of lingered there, so you hear a little bit of that. My apologies in advance for the way I may sound, but uh have energy, able to function, so... Uh, uh, Anyway, Walter's saying, I feel like I'm in Maine and Rhode Island it, by being able to be here live and in person. Um, the spiritual gifts, what what are they and uh, what what can they teach us? Uh, there's, there's a list that I'll put up for you that we will be reading about, and, and here is a, a, a list that just really simply comes out of the text of Scripture, and I've got a few different slides that I will show share with you. A gift of administration, a gift of apostleship, a gift of craftsmanship, a gift of discernment, a gift of evangelism, a gift of exhortation, a gift of faith, a gift of giving, a gift of healing, a gift of helps, a gift of hospitality, a gift of intercession, a gift of leadership, a gift of mercy, miracles, prophecy, service, shepherding, teaching, gift of tongues, words of knowledge, uh, words of wisdom. It does not have the interpretation of tongues up there. And what I want to say is you can probably find as many different um, breakdowns of these lists 
uh, as you will find preachers. Everybody uh, seems to have their own little uniqueness. Now, there are some who would uh, cross out some of these gifts and say, well, they're not for today, so we shouldn't even talk about them. Well, they're in the text of Scripture, so I feel like we need to talk about them. Uh, there are some that would maybe expand this list. Uh, I think the most robust list I've seen is is 30-plus uh, and some of that, I think, is a stretch. Some of that, I think, is um, a duplication of some things. Some some words that really do mean the same thing get separated out in some people's lists. Uh, and others go as small as nine. Uh, so you read the text of Scripture, and you, you see what, uh, what list there may be that are listed again. Here, here they are. Uh, I don't know if I actually put the list up for you or not, uh, but you can you can see the list here. And uh, let me go to the next slide. Here are some of the passages of scripture that get that get referenced. Uh, Romans chapter twelve. There is a short list of gifts that you would find in Romans twelve: encouragement, giving, leadership, mercy, prophecy, service. Teaching, Second Corinthians twelve, and this is we will read these as we get into the text uh, over the next few days. Administration, uh, apostleship, discernment, and faith, healing, and helps, interpretation of languages. Then languages right below it: knowledge, uh, miracles, prophecy, teaching, and wisdom. Uh, and then in Ephesians four, apostle a pastor, teacher, evangelist, it says evangelism and prophecy, serving and teaching. Now, I just I want to comment quickly on Ephesians chapter 4. Uh, I, I would not look at, I would not make it evangelism. Uh, I would make it evangelist. I would not make it prophecy. I would make it prophet. I would not make it teaching. I would make it teacher. Um because the way that I interpret Ephesians chapter 4 is that these are gifts of, of men. And if you are more uh, egalitarian in nature, now egalitarian means that you don't think there's any distinction at all between men and women. I'm not talking biologically, but I'm talking in terms of what how they're able to serve in the life of the church. That's what I'm talking about. Um, you would say men or women. Uh, those that are complementary and who, who do see a division uh, between the roles of men and women, uh, I would look at these and say that these are men. Uh, and again, I, I could give more explanation about complementarianism. There's a range in there. There's the hard complementarian that says that women have no leadership uh, parameters at all in the life of the church. That, that's kind of very patriarchal type of complementary and then there's a soft complementarian within that spectrum of complementarians that would say look they don't have a problem with with a woman being a uh, being a speaker uh, featuring a woman as a speaker uh, but authority will, will still reside with with male headship that's kind of the soft complementarian and there's that line between complementarian how do I do this on the screen between complementarian and egalitarian and 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 then again, there is the range that is there. Again, I'm talking about Ephesians chapter 4. Uh, 
I believe that Ephesians 4 is it, the gifts that are given are really people that are given to the life of the church for the building up of the body. And that's what I, I think of there. First Peter chapter 4, it brings out serving and teaching uh, kind of in, in a, a dual type of um, breakdown of uh, of how do I want to put this? How do I want to cat two different categories? That which is more focused on the serving and that which is more focused on the teaching. And so Peter just gives a very simplistic, uh, there are those who serve and then there are those who teach. And there are those whose role is with the hands and there are those whose role is with the head. Uh, and, and he just delineates the two in that way. Well, this kind of gives you an overview of some of the places some people would go back in, uh, to the book of uh <clears throat> into the old testament let me let me put it that way would go back in the old testament and would say um you can delineate some things out of there as well and so that is uh, that is what they would do that is how they would approach it and uh that's where things like craftsmanship, some things with music and other things are added into the gifts. I mean, it's something that you could look at that you could give a lot of consideration and thought to about, you know, what all do you want to include in the the, the list of the gifts uh, as you read the scriptures? Um, I don't think there's a hard, fast rule. I think the, the biggest thing is that you'd be able to delineate and understand that there are a variety of gifts that are given that we uh, that we would lean into uh, and and try to understand now having said all that what I want to talk about this morning for a bit are these three chapters chapter 12 chapter 13 and then chapter 14 chapter 12 really does provide for us a gift of the of, of the the variety of not a gift a list of the variety of gifts there let's go, say that the right way uh, so there, there's a list that can be derived and then there is a, a big the beginning of the aspect of the functioning that we are called all of us are called to function in our gift areas. Now, I say areas plural because most Bible teachers will tell you that there are for, there's a mixture of gifts that you are given. You may have one predominant gift that really takes the takes the four, really comes to the forefront in your life. Um, and, and listen, every single gift is vital. Every single gift is important, and sometimes those that are leaders try to do all the gifts. They try to do all the areas, and, and really that, that is a disservice to try to do all the areas because for two reasons. A, that means we don't end up doing them as well, and B, that keeps other people from functioning. Now, sometimes what I've heard in churches are, well, they, they won't do it as good, so I'll just do it myself. Well, then that's a disciple-making failure when you take from others just because they don't do it to the standard you think it should be done. Uh, you know, it, it's all about the question. Here's the question. Is it about the show or is it about the development of people? Ultimately, it's about the development of people. And sometimes what, what I think we do 
is we make it more about, well, if they can't speak as well, or if they don't make the coffee as well, or if they don't take the offering as well, or if they don't do the music as well, or if they don't teach the children as well, we just don't let them do it. Well, then we fail at making disciples in air and helping people to, to flourish and to thrive in their area of giftings. Now, for some of you, you have, you have seen these before you have worked through. In fact, many of you have been believers for a long, 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 long time. And I hope you'd be able to identify what your gifts are. You know, I, I think probably my most uh, predominant gift actually is as pastor teacher. Uh, everywhere I go, I, I am in increasing numbers of churches. Uh, I get the report, you know, man, you're so easy to listen to. And, and, you know, you, you could have kept going for a lot longer than you did. Like yesterday, I, I really only had 25 minutes to really introduce myself, talk about the college and give a message. Now, those of you that have been around me and have been at Veracity Chapel, know that I, I really need like 30 to 40 minutes for a message, uh, and I squeezed it down into about 20 minutes to, to get through the text of Scripture. Uh, and I, I wrestle, honestly, and, and you could wrestle as well with what is your giftings. You know, uh, there's this apostolic aspect. The people that I'm working with now in concentric, have far exceeded anything I've ever done. Bill has been all over the world training people uh, in uh, in something that is called shift M to M disciple making, uh, which is which is really used largely in, in, in probably at least a good third or more uh, of the globe. Uh, shift M to M disciple making. You can look that up. A shift M to M, which is uh, from from ministry to multiplication, is is the implication of M to M. Uh, or you could go to Latin America and see what Mark Edwards has done with Sun Life in, in Latin America and South America, and how it is expanding there. Uh, you could go to IDN, the Intentional Disciple uh, Disciple Making Network of Asia, and see what they're doing. You could look at Sun Life Asia, see what they're doing. Uh, big life. I mean, there are many different things. And I look at some of those leaders and go, those are truly apostolic leaders because they have expanded uh, disciple making all around the globe. And, and I, I feel privileged to sit at the table uh, with these men as I did when I was in London. Thank you for your uh, prayerfulness for us when we were in London there last week. I've had very fertile meetings and uh, very fruitful meetings, and uh, so thank you for that. So apostles, uh, and then there are those who are evangelists. Well, I, I am not the, the forefront evangelist, and here's what begins to happen. A lot of us will say, well, I don't have the gift of evangelism, so I don't have to do it. No, we are all called. How much bigger, how much more powerful would the kingdom of Christ be if all of us understood that we each can do evangelism? And some of it is, and I'm aware of this, some of it is the need of training, that you need to be given some tools. I came across some great tools uh, when I was in London last week, something that uh, that I want to get uh, rolled out to us to begin to experience here. Uh it's, it's simply called Living and Telling, and it's a great tool to help us think through 
how to share Christ with people. Uh, and so I, I will, I don't know if I'll share that online here. I might share that online with you. It's really a tool that's designed to sit in a group of people and think through how do you get into conversations with people and, and, and at what level are you at with people uh, as you seek to share Christ? But but training to be trained how to get it, how to get into conversations with people. And again, I boil that down very simply to CPR: cultivate a relationship, plant the seeds of the gospel, and then look for the opportunities to reap. And it may not always be you that has the opportunity to reap. Uh, it may be somebody else that has uh, more of the opportunity to to reap. But you plant the seed. We each we, we plant seeds, we water seeds, and ultimately it is God who gives the increase. So uh, apostles, they're prophets, uh, and again, those who are really able to preach in a way is to bring transformation. That's how I would define a prophet, someone who's able to deliver the goods of the Word of God in a way that, that really is powerful and life-changing. That's one of the things uh, about the prophet, the evangelist just talked about that. The shepherd, those who are really, really good one on one with people, you know, and, and I can be that. And in fact, I, I, I'm not having buyer's remorse. Don't, don't read into this, but you know, being stretched out all over the state and then uh, all over the globe, you sometimes you don't feel like you're able to shepherd people quite as much and care for people. Uh, and then there are those who are teachers. I talk about the apest. We've looked at that before. Spirit apest, apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers, and how the the church needs to have all five of those to really thrive as it needs to thrive. Now, let me get back over to the text uh, of First uh, Corinthians chapter twelve. We'll look at a few verses here. Now, dear brothers and sisters. This is from the New Living Translation. Uh, regarding your question about the special abilities the Spirit gives us, special abilities, the spiritual gifts, and I do want to give a shout-out to our brother, Pastor Steve McDonald uh, from Bangor. Great having you jump in with us, Steve. We do need to get together here soon. We really, really do. But he says, I, I don't want you to, to misunderstand this. You know that when you were still pagans, and I looked at all the different translations, they all use pagan. Uh, here is the NIV 80, uh, 84. It says pagans, the, the newer version NIV here in verse 2. It says pagans. If you go to the NASB, it says pagans. Uh, if you go to the King James it says Gentiles, which maybe is a better a translation than the word uh, pagans, Gentile as being differentiated from someone who's Jewish. And then the message, not the message, the English Standard Version also says pagans. I'm going to go back to the New Living Translation. When you were separate from God, when you were separate from, from God's ways, uh when you when you were outside the faith, it says, he says this: you were led astray and swept along and worshiping speechless idols. Now the same is true in our day. There are people who chase after religious experiences, uh, and they and they find solace in those religious experiences, but they don't find salvation in those religious experiences. 
Uh, in our day, those who are not seeking religious experiences, the, the speechless idols that we have might be uh, our Google devices in our homes. It might be all the tech. It may be chat GPT. It might be AI. It might be the stock market. It might look. There are all kinds of idols that we chase after in life. The idol of comfort, the idol of ease. The idol of all the the most recent uh, gizmos and gadgets, um, we chase after those things. Now he goes on and says, "I, just, I need to get through these first few verses." Few verses. I I I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now there's a a rather uh, stirring thought that comes out of this. Just the idea that, you know, those who will say Jesus is my Lord are people who are living by the Spirit, who are surrendered to Jesus, people made alive in the Spirit. Then he will go on in verse 12 and says, it will say there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we all serve the same Lord. God works different ways, but it's the same God who does the work in all of us. And here is, maybe perhaps we're going to land today, verse 7, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. It isn't given just for your own good. It's given for the good of the body. Let me put this in the NIV 84, verse 7. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good, the common good being the broader body of Christ. It is given so that we can serve each other. Uh, the English Standard Version, the manifestation of the Spirit, this giftings, these giftings are given for the common good. They're given for the broader body of Christ. Now, that is chapter 12. Chapter 12, we'll, we'll talk about uh, us living those out. At the end of the chapter, he's going to war against pride. He's going to then get into chapter 13 and talk about how in all that we do, we need to operate in love. Now, sometimes the love chapter, chapter 13, is applied to things like marriage and whatnot, but really the love chapter of the Bible has its its emphasis on life in the body of believers, that we are to love one another. And then when we get into chapter 14, Paul will give even further specific instruction, particularly about the sign gifts how they should and should not be used. He will he will talk about orderliness in worship uh, and, and how th- if, if there are sign gifts, and we'll talk more about should there, are there, are there not. We'll talk more about that the next few days. Uh, and if there are, how should they be employed? And, and are some churches misemploying them? And there are two ways I think they're misemployed. Some, some ways I think they're misemployed when there is not when they do not follow 1 Corinthians 14 and some of the direction that Paul has given there. And I, I think they can be misemployed also by what's called the cessationist view. And uh, we will look at that uh, again here in the next few days. And we've talked about it before. We'll bring it back up again and to think through the th- kind of three predominant views, cessationist views saying that those gifts like tongues and interpretation of tongues have ceased uh, or the gift of healing has ceased, those things have ceased. The opposing view to that is that all the gifts are fully active for today, 
And then kind of a, a, a moderate view is we think that all the gifts could be uh, active today, but but not in as full a way as the some would want to go with them. So uh, it's called the open but cautious view, and we'll talk about those over the next few days. The bottom line is God has given to each of you spiritual gifts. He's given to me spiritual gifts. We're to come together in our spiritual gifts. Think of how the local assembly of believers, the local church, would be strengthened if instead of it being pastor-centric, it was people-centric. In fact, if it were Jesus-centric, uh, and and all the people were living out their spiritual gifts. They knew what their gifts were and that they were doing the things that they were gifted to do. Sometimes a pastor isn't as gifted at management. Uh, we have one of our deacons in our church at Veracity who is a monster. That's a good word for the record. A monster manager. He is so very, very good at management and uh uh, really doing a great, great job at managing how things are, and those gifts are needed. Now, he might not be the public speaker. Uh, he might not be able to stir and stimulate people uh, as, as as a speaker, but as a manager, absolute, absolutely incredible. There are other people who are so good at at, at making making a meal for somebody. Now, you don't want me to do that. You know, I'll get you some Wasses hot dogs or something like that and bring it to your house, but but you don't want me cooking for you necessarily. I mean, I'm not that bad, but it, it's not something I run to. Well, anyway, 1 Corinthians 12, the listing of the gifts, 1 Corinthians 13, talking about how we're to operate in love, in the use and the employment of our gifts for the body. 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter, talking about how our love for one another ought to be. And then 1 Corinthians 14, Paul gives some parameters, especially when it comes to our coming together uh, and the implications and the applications of our gifts in the corporate worship service. Well, friends, it's been the full half hour. You just need to know 1 Corinthians 12 through 14 is a place that you could lead somebody else. Again, disciple-making means you leading somebody else. Someone were to say to you, where can I study about the uh, spiritual gifts? Well, 1 Corinthians 12 through 14, that's where we need to go. Uh, over this week, we'll we'll try to give some access or at least point you to some spiritual gifts analysis that you can employ, that you can use so you can discover your gifts uh, and use them for the fullness of the body of Christ. Well, hey, I want to get you into your day. Lord, help us today to walk with you. Help us today to live with you. Help us today to glorify and honor you. We pray for people in uh, Gaza, uh, innocent people. Uh, we pray for people in Israel. We pray for the military of Israel who really doesn't want to do what it's been asked to do. I mean, it's it will do what it's asked to do. And so we pray that you would bring things to an end in a very messy war in Israel. Uh, we pray the same for Ukraine. Uh, Lord, help us to be wise to what you're doing in our world, to be prayerful and to keep walking with you. Lord, watch over those who are innocent, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Have a good day, everyone. I will see you tomorrow.